Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. He says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is our text. I will dig into that text in a little bit, but uh, let's start with this. So that's what we're up to for the next five weeks, reviewing and rejoicing in in some of the great scriptural truths that were recovered during the time of the Reformation. And one way to summarize all of those is with a single word, it's a Latin word, sola, which means alone. That word can, can focus our attention on what matters most, that God alone is the source of our salvation. Nothing else is necessary, nothing else is even possible to add to what God has done. As a quick overview of the, of the five weeks, we'll begin today with, uh, with Solus Christus, That on the cross, Christ alone paid the price for our salvation. Next week, Pastor Kaiser will talk about sola gratia. That it is by God's grace alone. Not anything that that is deserving in us, but only what is loving about him. In a couple of weeks, we'll look at sola fide. that, That we receive this by faith alone. And then sola scriptura, that we learn about it in scripture alone. And finally, soli Deo, Gloria, to God's glory alone, because of all that God has done for us. We don't live for ourselves, but for Him. Now, there's some obvious connections between those five, but there's also some very important distinctions. And so we're going to look at each one individually, beginning today with Solus Christus, Christ alone, has done all the work for our salvation. Now that's not what Martin Luther had been taught. And it's not what Luther and and everybody else, all the other Christians at that time in the world, believed. They believed that, that Jesus had done a lot, certainly, maybe most of it even. But that there was more that was needed, that that each individual also needed to do her or his own part. How relieved and delighted 
Luther was to discover the biblical truth that, that we are not asked to add anything to what God has done. In fact, we are not able to add anything. It is Christus solus, Christ alone. As we look at the, uh, the sermon outline, you'll notice several bullet points there with some scripture passages after them. We're not going to have time to dig into all of those or even to look up all the passages. Uh, those are there kind of as a, as a reference for you. Maybe you can uh, take the service folder home and spend a little time uh, looking those up this afternoon or, or during the week. I want to remind ourselves, first of all, that uh, Christ alone is the reason that the scriptures were written. We already, we already read that. We already sang that. Uh, from John's gospel. These things are written that, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. See, the Bible provides information and insights on many topics, but it was written and preserved for one reason, to give us Christ. He is the Messiah promised in the Old Testament and proclaimed in the New. And the reason that Christ is the focus of Scripture is because He alone is the Savior. We heard that from, uh, from the mouth of Peter this morning. There's salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's not a very popular thought these days in in fact, it never really has been, but that, uh, that point was brought home uh, for me uh, last weekend at a, at a conference that Karen and I uh, attended. Here's a picture from that conference. Now, if you look closely, you'll realize that's not Karen that I'm standing with, although it's understandable if you made that mistake. You know, even, uh, actually, Karen took the picture, and then she was going to post it on Facebook afterwards, and if you know how Facebook works. When, when Karen went to post it, she tagged me, and then Facebook did its thing. It's trying to use its algorithms, maybe facial recognition. I don't know how all that works, but uh, it was looking to identify who was that beautiful woman standing next to Mark D. Brandt, and Facebook came up with Karen Brandt. Hardly a surprise to me. I always knew that I married a Miss America, because that's actually a Miss America on the screens from uh, 2009. Her name is Katie Stamm. She was the speaker at the, the conference we were at. Uh, you'll be happy to know she's uh, an outstanding Christian woman and, in fact, a product of Lutheran education. She uh, went to elementary school 20 years down the road from the Lutheran school that, that I attended. That's not why I bring this up. I bring it up because of what she told us. The, uh, the talent portion of the finals she sang a song, Via Della Rosa, which means the, the way of sorrows or, or the way of suffering. It's a beautiful depiction of what Jesus went through as he walked the road to Calvary. And Katie told us that before those finals, many people discouraged her from singing that particular song and and afterwards I, I googled that and and I saw that many people disparaged her afterwards criticized her for that isn't that strange don't don't you wonder why why something that so beautifully describes the, the sacrificial love of God would be seen that way 
Well, actually, I know why. It's because of the teaching that Christ alone is the Savior, that He is the only way to heaven. That doesn't fit the narrative that, that we want to be inclusive and that, that everyone has a right to their own truth. And, and you know, I understand that sentiment. I do. But I don't understand the logic. Suppose someone had discovered a cure for cancer. It was a surefire cure and it was the only one who worked. Or the only one that worked. That person would not be criticized for declaring that to the world. In fact, such a person would be commended for doing so and and would be criticized for withholding that vital information. Well, we are rarely commended and and oftentimes criticized, I suppose, for, for holding to the scriptural truth that Christ alone is the Savior, and yet we will hold to it because it is scriptural truth, and therefore it's not up for debate. And I'll let Pastor Adam say more about that in his message on sola scriptura. We'll go on now in the, uh, in the outline. Christ alone reveals the depth of God's love for us. Paul says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and revealed his love in that way. And we can see evidences of God's love all around us, can't we? In the, in the beauty of this creation and, and in the way God uh, preserves and, and protects us. But his love is most clearly and most deeply seen in that the Father sent the Son to die and that the Son came to this earth to die. Although actually that's kind of a shorthand way of of talking about everything that Jesus did for us. And and so I want to take the next two bullet points in the sermon outline to to kind of delineate that. The, uh, The next one there says that with his life, Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly. He did that the way we were supposed to. In all of human history, Jesus is the only person who was able to resist the temptation to sin. And we know that through faith, his perfect keeping of the law becomes ours. With his life, he fulfilled the law perfectly. With his death, he paid the price for our failure to obey the law perfectly, for our disobedience. Christ alone did that, and he did that all alone, strikingly on the cross. The words referenced there from Matthew 27, when Jesus, with those haunting words describing the depth of his suffering, but also showing the, the depth of his love, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me. It's because of that that St. Paul can write the words of our text and, and the verses that are around that. I want to slow down just a little bit now to, uh, to dig into that just a little bit. That's the next bullet in your sermon outline that says Christ alone gives real meaning and purpose to our life. I think these are some of the most powerful verses in in scripture I know that they are some of the most challenging for me personally 
I'd like to suggest that maybe during the coming week, uh, you spend some time reading those verses that are listed there from Philippians chapter 3, and, and maybe even you'd go so far as to, to commit them to memory. Here's some of what Paul says. He starts with, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He just had talked about uh, really how good his life had been previously. He was, he was uh, popular. He was descended, uh, related to all the right people. And, and all of that was, was so important to him until he came to know Jesus. And then he decided all of that, what I thought was, was so important, that wasn't important at all. That, that was loss. Then he goes into a little more detail on that. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to, uh, to read those words with me. But before we do that, I'll give a little bit of explanation. Uh, um, first of all, pay attention as you're reading them and, and you know, maybe ask yourself, do I really mean uh, what I say? Um, I think that's a challenge. For us, it's, it's something to which I still aspire. I'm not there yet. I kind of wonder if maybe that was the case for Paul too, that, that maybe he's holding this out. Uh, um, this is what he wanted to be. Or maybe he was all the way there. I don't know. But what I do know is that the word loss there doesn't just mean, well, it's gone. He, he meant it's even more than, than just something that's no longer there. He meant that what I used to have and what I used to think was so important to me was actually a, here's the word, disadvantage. It got in the way of Paul's trusting in Christ alone. And so he says, that's all gone now. Let's read those words together. I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And then he goes on to say some more. These words won't be on the screen, but he says, still uses the word loss. For, for his sake, Christ Jesus' sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Now maybe a picture comes to your mind of, it does for me, of, of recent hurricanes and we saw pictures of people whose homes had been flooded and, and all of their earthly goods are, are piled on a garbage heap on the side of the road. Is that what Paul meant? For his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish? Not actually. He's got an even deeper meaning than that. Remember he already had counted them as lost. He willingly gave them up and he said those things those were rubbish now that's not really the, the best probably it might be the best but it's a mistranslation of of the word that that English word rubbish um, I think it's a deliberate mistranslation and I also think it is a fortunate mistranslation because the English word is is not one that we'd use in polite company so we're not using it today, but that's what Paul says. I, everything that used to be so important to me is, is worth less than nothing. Christ alone. Christ alone brings comfort and peace to our lives. One of the things that, that we want to do with, uh, with our sermons during this month of October is to give a little more background uh, to the Reformation from the, from the life of Luther and, and others as well. 
And we're going to do that primarily with, uh, with video clips from one of the Luther movies. And uh, set up the one I'm going to show you in just a minute. This was uh, prior to the Reformation. Uh, Luther, you may know, was a tortured individual. His sins just drove him to despair. And, and he had a father confessor, Staupitz was his name, that, that Luther wore him out. One time we're told he spent six hours in the confessional. And of course, Staupitz had to be there with him. And this uh, video is uh, an exchange between uh, Staupitz and Luther after Luther had poured out his heart and talked about his sins. You are not evil. You are just not honest. God isn't angry with you. You are angry with God. I wish there were no God. Martin, what is it you seek? A merciful God. A God whom I can love. A God who loves me. Then look to Christ. Bind yourself to Christ. And you will know God's love. Say to him, I'm yours. Save me. I am yours. Save me. Look to Christ. Bind yourself to Christ. Say to him, I am yours. Save me. I am yours. Save me. We belong to Christ alone. But you know, he doesn't belong to us alone. He wants us to share his love and to show his love to our neighbors. And that's the last uh, bullet point there. And I, I think I'll just read those verses from 2 Corinthians to make this point. The love of Christ controls us. Another translation says it compels us, it drives us forward. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Well, there's much more that we could say about this first uh, Reformation, sola, solus, Christus, Christ alone. But let's end with this. When it's all said and done, Christ doesn't want to be alone. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with us. He wants millions, billions of, of people around him for all eternity, to share with them and, and with us the glories of heaven. You know, Christ alone could come up with such a big dream. Christ alone makes that dream a reality. Christ alone. Because he never wants to be alone ever again. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through whom? Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
Another uh, difference in our worship services during uh, this month of October is we're going to be reading from uh, the Book of Concord, which uh, is the official teachings of the Lutheran Church. It's composed of many different documents, and the one that we're reading from today is the Augsburg Confession. It was uh, presented to the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, Charles V, in Augsburg, Germany, on June 25th, 1530, when he had called a big gathering uh, for the Lutherans to explain themselves. And so they did. Uh, 28 articles. We're going to read Article 3 uh, this week and actually Article 4 next week. So Article 3 of the Augsburg Confession, titled The Son of God. It's also taught among us that God the Son became man, born of the Virgin Mary, and that the two natures, divine and human, are so inseparably united in one person that there's one Christ, true God and true man, who was truly born, suffered, was crucified, died, and was buried in order to be a sacrifice not only for original sin but also for all other sins and to propitiate God's wrath. The same Christ also descended into hell, truly rose from the dead on the third day, ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of God that he may eternally rule and have dominion over all creatures, that through the Holy Spirit he may sanctify, purify, strengthen, and comfort all who believe in him, that he may bestow on them life and every grace and blessing, and that he may protect and defend them against the devil and against sin. The same Lord Christ will return openly to judge the living and the dead, as stated in the Apostles' Creed. That's Article 3 of the Augsburg Confession. 